Happy Sabbath, everyone. Okay, I'm trying to see if uh, we have new visitors or newcomers in the church because I know that most of you have heard of this uh, message. It's really not message message, but it's my testimony, which God has given me so that I can tell to others. So let's have a prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the Sabbath. Thank you for the life and strength. And we thank you, Lord, that we could come and worship you today. Right now, Lord, I'm asking your, your Holy Spirit to be upon me as I um, open my mouth to tell my fellow members about your love, how big you are. You are our God, our maker, our healer, and our Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As you can see, the title of uh, this message is My God is Big. I think three years ago, the first time I have uh, stood up here to also share my testimony, and this is the same um, message, but I have added because, you know, God is wonderful. I thought that that testimony was enough. But you know what? I've been asking God, Lord, give me a better testimony. Please give me a better testimony. As many of, of you, I have shared to you that um, I was born in an Adventist family. I have a family. Let's see how this clicker is going to work. This is a new clicker now, and I hope that it's going to work. So we'll, we'll see which side it's going. <laughs> Okay, here we go. This is a picture that uh, kind of started my testimony because I know that ever since I was born, the enemy's been attacking me. You'll have to excuse me if I, if I become emotional because as I always tell my story, I just see how wonderful my God is. And I can never deny what he has done in my life. When I was born, I came out with my umbilical cord wrapped around my neck. And as I was um, always uh, been told, my parents, like, the enemy is always trying to take your life. And as I was growing up, I have observed that. This um, antil is just a picture of, um, like, a lookalike of the anthill that almost took my life when I was five years old. As you can see, they can grow really big. It can even grow even bigger. And um, in here, I always love this text from Jeremiah 29:11. It says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. I never question God why things are happening in my life because I know that he has a better plan for me and I know that no matter what happens, I know that his plans are the best way that I can have in my life. And he never meant for us to die. He never meant for us to get sick. He never meant for us to have pain, to lose loved ones. And I know that many times, actually, even I am not that young anymore, 
but I know I'm still young compared to others. But I've already heard a lot of people saying, why me? Why him? Why her? And why my loved one who is so good? Why he died? Why she died? Things like that has been um, questioned over and over. But when I look in the Bible, I say, we don't really have the right to ask that way because when god created the world you know if you look in the creation in the book of creation in genesis from the very beginning god said he made everything good and actually right after he created us he said he made it very good so it's never his plan for us to die or to get hurt or to have disease right and in here, you'll see that's my family. I'm fourth among the uh, four kids of my parents. And for me, I, I always try to follow my mother. She has always been my teacher in Sabbath school, in vacation Bible school. And whenever she, uh, she would tell a story in our church, I would always be there listening to her. I always loved listening to her telling about, about my God. And that's my grandparents. There are also Adventists. That's my mom's parents, actually. And in here, you will see my mother. She was narrating a poem, and I would try to follow her whenever she, uh, she would do that. I would follow, and I, would, I want to do it, too. So I would uh, stand there, and you know how adults are. It's like, okay, you know, they would let me. And I've always loved to follow my mother. And I've always dreamed, this is in, um, that was my first uh, airplane ride. I think I was like six years old. And I would always try to follow my mother wherever she would go. But um, let me go back to this. But as I've said, when I was five years old, I broke my leg. And I will, excuse me, but I will have to show you this scar. That's the scar that I got from that accident. The anthill that grew so big. Um, it was attached on a wooden pillar because it, it was a hut. When I was a little girl, we were living in a hut in a village. And then every um, weekdays, my parents, you know, the whole family will go back to the town where the church school uh, was. And then every weekend, we go back to the village where we go to church because that's where the membership of my parents were. And uh, our house, of course, the, for the whole week, there was nobody there. Until one day, my parents started seeing this mound starting to grow. And in Philippines, this, this is actually in the island. I was born in the island. And in this island, there's a lot of termites. And you know how termites do. I don't know how the termites here. I've seen some, some uh, ant hills here. But this, um, this mound it was created by this ant hill that they use their saliva to harden it, to form it. And what they would do... You know, it's like kind of a dual thing because they will eat up the wood where it's attached until they can form this huge mound. But of course, uh, eventually the pillar would fall. And so that's what happened. It was attached to this wooden pillar and they started eating the wood, started eating the wood. But the way they formed this mound is like almost a tree, like that. So it was like uh, small in the bottom, the base of it. And then it grew big, big, big. And then, you know, for a five-year-old, you're like so small. And then this was like, this was like uh, five feet tall or six feet tall. 
And when the pillar, uh, when the wooden pillar gave up because the termites ate it, it fell on me. And for a five-year-old, your bone is still so small, so, so weak because you haven't really formed it. You know, it just broke both of the bones in my uh, right leg, the tibia and fibula. And I almost lost my life because, uh, as I've said, it was in the village. So for us to go to the hospital, they have to take me on a tricycle. So I don't know if uh, you know what the tricycle. The tricycle here in U.S., they are really good. The tricycle in Philippines is different. When you say tricycle, you know, it's, it's just a made-up, like people made, made it, and then uh, anyone can make it if you're a smith. And then they attach it to your motorcycle. It's like a sidecar, and then you ride it. And they use it as like a taxi in Philippines. And it was a... Um, Monsoon's season in Philippines, so there's a lot of potholes on the ground, and every time we will pass a pothole, the blood from my leg, someone did a uh, first aid, but every time I, uh, it will pass on the um, pothole, the blood will spill, uh, spit up like that, and when I got to the hospital, all my lips were like a newspaper color, so my, my mother was crying, and you know, God's always been there, as I've said. He provided that my uncle was, he, uh, was working in that hospital as a security guard, and he gave his blood so that um, they could trans uh, transfuse some blood on me. And then, as I've said, my, my parents, um, they're really faithful, and they really tried their best to send uh, send us into a church school, into our church school. That's why I'm a big... Uh, believer of church school i always like tell to my my nephews and uncles um, um, nieces now it's like i wish when you'll have your children you will send them to church school because it's very different the foundation that they get from church school is very important when they grow old so i always encourage people send your children to church school um my parents we're, we're not rich we're very poor actually you know we, we my father was a vendor that's what uh, he, he did. And every time we need to pay a tuition, we will have money to pay tuition because God provided for us. And in this next picture, you will see I was the class pastor in our, uh, when we were in fifth grade. And we have, in Philippines, we always have graduation, it's level. So if you're elementary, you have graduation for elementary. So when you're sixth grade, you graduate. And then we, we didn't have middle school that time. We just had um, uh, elementary, high school, and then college. So we have four years of high school. So when you turn 16, you will graduate from high school. And then you go to college. You, you choose whatever you want. So for me, my parents have always dreamed me to study all the way to college and go to our church school so that's been planted in my mind and I said I'm going to do that but this one was fifth grade my mother had her first stroke and then on my sixth grade my mother passed it was a big hit for my family and for a girl you always especially for me that I've always looked up to my mother it was very painful. But I remember sitting there and I was saying, it's okay. Because I know that I have my father in heaven. 
even though I've always looked up to my mom and I've always wanted to fulfill her dreams for me because I know she's the one who really um, dreamt for me. It's like what I wanted to be. And she always wanted me to be a nurse. And I said, I'm going to uh, fulfill that promise or that dream because I know that she wanted me to be a um, missionary, especially a missionary nurse. And I said, I'm going to uh, fulfill that for her. And so this one was during my mom's uh, funeral. We are on our way to the cemetery with all of my friends from the church school. Um, this one is the old uh, uniform for our church school. But of course, I was wearing the, the just a, in Philippines, we wear black, you know, when, you, when your family die or sometimes white. So I was wearing that. And in here, I've always clinged on this, like, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding. Because in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Yes, I lost my mother and I was like, what am I going to do? How will I reach that, uh, that dream? But I've trusted God and I said, I know that he has a plan for me and he will direct my path. When I, um, I was in high school, I've always uh, wanted to just go to college and finish and be a missionary. So I went to our university in Philippines and I started working. You know, in Philippines, uh, it's hard to be a working student because the pay is so small. So you can barely pay your tuition. Unlike here, you can get grants, you can get some loans. In Philippines, you can't do that. But I said, I'm still going to uh, study. Well, nursing is too much. I, I couldn't pay for nursing. And when you, once you have to go through your clinicals, you won't be able to work because you have to do like eight hours of duty. How are, how are you going to work for that? And then you might have like a, street, a straight week of clinicals. And I said, what else I could do? Well, I said, I can be a teacher because that's another way I can be a missionary. I know that I can help kids to learn about Jesus. So when I went to the university the first time, I, I enrolled for uh, secondary education. So that's for high school students. But I majored in English because I said, I want to go to another country so I can teach kids. And so um, God provided for me. Every time there's enrollment, I don't have money in my pocket. But what I would do is get in line for registration. And I will have my registration paper. And I'm thinking, Lord, I know you allowed me this far because I know you have a plan for me. You know I have no money. And I know that I cannot enroll unless I have money. And while I would be standing there in the line, another person would say, hey, Melba, how are you doing? I said, well, you know, I'm here again in this semester. But... Um, I don't know how I'm going to pay for this, but I know that God will provide. I said, well, I want you to meet me in this uh, uh, corner, and you talk to me. And then sometimes I would go, and then they will hand me an envelope with the exact amount I would need for my down payment. And then over and over, that would happen, and I said, Lord, I know that it's you. It's you who's always providing for me. That's why I never question him. Even though I know that I don't really have anything, I know that he will be there for me. And I, um, 
in here in Matthew 6:26 because I've always clinged on his promises it says look at the birds of the air for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns yet your heavenly father feeds them are you not more valuable than they and I said Lord I know that you have created me I am more valuable than those birds and I know that you will provide for me and he did that until um, I was in my uh, fourth year I'm supposed to have my practice teaching and it means you have to go to like a certain school where you can teach that it will be credited for you for your graduation so that um, um, the university will accept your, the credits but I have a Korean friend I call him my Korean brother and said oh I want you to go to the 1000 missionary movement that's um, a movement that created by the Koreans who were doing their masters in Philippines, their pastors, and they started this where their goal is to have 1,000 missionaries sent for that year into different places, and they would serve for one year. And so they, he told me, it's like, you go there. And then in my heart, I was like, no, I just want to graduate. I just want to finish my schooling, and then I can be a missionary. But four years before that, I tried to go into the campus and I wanted to be a missionary because something happened in my family. You know, as I've said, I lost my mom, my father remarried. And even if we are Adventists and Christians, the enemy is still there. You know, he, he will always attack you, especially because you're trying to be close to God. You're trying to know him better. That's when the enemy will really try to get you, uh, be discouraged or lose your faith. So... But what the, when that thing happened, I've decided I'm going to be a missionary. I'm going to go. But that time, I was only 17. They accept only 18 years old and above because they know you are, you're more mature. And when you are sent to different areas, if you are younger, it's hard because people will sometimes um, persecute you, you know. And sometimes, of course, if you're young people, you know, they will some man oh like oh there's a missionary girls you know they'll court you so they want to make sure that the missionary is matured enough to make decisions or to stand you know for whatever comes along in their way during their mission uh field uh time and so they told me you go there and you will be teaching english for some korean students while waiting for the training and so i went and in there I've learned that the pastors wanted me to go to Korea as a missionary. And so, uh, oh, and before that, well, while I was in college, I would always volunteer for, this is what we call the voice of youth. So there will be a group of uh, young people from different um, colleges. So there's the College of Theology, College of Education, College of Health, and then maybe maybe two people from College of Education or two from College of Theology. So this time, uh, I had uh, my friends, uh, three uh, men from College of Theology. One is from College of Health. She's not in there. And then me from College of Education. And we would conduct a one-week uh, evangelism in a certain church. So in this church, we did that. And then for me, because I was in education, so I led the vacation Bible school the college of uh, from the college of health she did the health lecture for the whole week and then of course those theology students there did the preaching for the whole week 
So that's what I would do every vacation time. So I couldn't really work during vacation and earn money so I can have money to pay my, my tuition or for the uh, down payment because I was doing vacation um, Bible school or voice of youth. But I've said God always provided for me. And then in here, this is when uh, we graduated from the missionary training. And so you will see me there. I was so small. And they sent me to Korea to uh, teach English. I always say to my nephews and nieces, when um, the, they saw me, I was in Korea. I said, you know what? I didn't plan for this. I didn't ask for this. But what I, all I wanted is just to serve God. And you know what? God sent me here because this is where he wanted me to be. And I always tell to my family, it's like, always have, you always have to seek God first because then everything will follow. Many of us, we try to seek fame. We try to seek money. We try to seek property, material things. But then in the end, we won't be happy. We will never be fulfilled. But when we seek God first, you will see that you will find a true happiness because God will give you the things that he knows best for you. And in here, this is our uh, mission ret uh, missionary retreat in Korea. So this one was taken in um, like a Camp Kalakwa sort of in Korea. So every year, they have a plan to, to gather all the missionaries in Korea and have a retreat. Because when you get to Korea, they all speak Korean. Even though if you're a missionary, you'll be sitting there and you won't understand anything. So I was like, when I was there, Lord, I'm a missionary, but I don't feel like I'm growing spiritually. I'm like, I know I can teach my kids, you know, and I can teach them whatever uh, English I know. But it seems like me as a missionary, I'm not growing spiritually. So they decided to, do, uh, to have a retreat so that the missionaries will be renewed, so they can, they can refocus. Because when you're teaching in Korea, you know, especially I was in Seoul, that's the big city, you know, you don't feel like you're really a missionary. Because for me, when I wanted to be a missionary, I was like, I want to go to, my plan was to go to China. Because I said, so that if they will, they will get me and persecute me, I was like, I can stand for my Lord. And I said, that's what I wanted. Because I, I heard a lot of stories of my other co-missionaries that they've been caught preaching. Their, their Bible was taken. But where I want to go, not here in Korea and this, just teach English. But you know what? God had a different plan. And when I was there in Korea, of course, that's where I met my husband. And I said, okay, Lord, so that's your plan. Because I didn't even look for a boyfriend, but then he provided my hu wonderful husband. And even throughout my, the journey of my life this past year, he's always been there for me. And of course, in 2012, I went back. My husband and I and talked, you know, I was like, I've always wanted to be a nurse. And guess what? God made that happen for me. I got my bachelor's degree of nursing in Philippines. And I said, when I get back, we'll see where God is going to lead me. As I've said, he had a different plan. Uh, I tried to take my board exam here when I got here. And every time the result will come out, it always say, nearly passing. And I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Uh, I can't be a nurse. I can't work as a nurse. I can work as a CNA, but you know, Lord, you, 
you have provided me so that I could be a nurse. Then why I couldn't be a nurse here? And then so I started praying, Lord, what do you want me to do? And I love children. I love children's ministry. And just uh, before Miss Castaneda retired, she asked me, Melba, would you like to teach in our school? And I said, Lord, is this the answer you want, uh, you're giving to me? Because maybe uh, that's why I couldn't pass my exam. Maybe you want me to teach. And so I accepted it. And I started getting uh, certified. And then just last year, um, I think it was June, I came back from Philippines. I started finishing all my certification. And then July of um, last year, I got diagnosed with breast cancer. And in here it says, whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. I said, Lord, I know you have a plan for me. What do you want me to do? And that, that time I thought, maybe this is it. He wants me to teach. But then as I've said, I got diagnosed. And the day um, before the school started, which it was August 12, they called us in um, TMH and they said, Melba, you will have to go through chemotherapy. And then August 13, you will have your port um, put. And I said, okay, August 12, I will teach. But then the following day, I won't be able to come back anymore. I know I put the school in a really hard situation, but I didn't have a choice. And I said, this is another attack of the enemy because he knows I really want to do this because this is the one that um, maybe God is answering. But as I've said, I was able to teach only just one day, and that was it because I couldn't come back to school anymore after the port removal because I will have to go through my chemotherapy. And this one was taken during my first chemotherapy. When I got diagnosed, I said, Lord, I don't know what's your plan. I didn't ask him why. I didn't ask why I got cancer. What I have thought is, Lord, how can I say you better now that I have cancer? How can I do my part as your child so that many more people will learn about you? What did I do now that I, I got this cancer? At that time, I didn't know the stage of my cancer. So Bob and I were kind of worried because, like, okay, we don't really know what they have to do to me. I was like, I know I, I have some friends who, who had breast cancer. Some of them had surgery first. Some had um, chemotherapy, then radiation, and then um, surgery. So for me, I don't know. And one night I was praying, and God uh, impressed me that I should not look into my cancer. Instead, I have to look on the opportunity how he can use me in his field. And so when I went there, I, was star I started looking around how it's like in the uh, infusion, infusion center. So when I was sitting there, I observed that many people are very quiet. I'm a very jolly person, and I'm a very social person. And I was like, okay, how, how, what can I do? And then I look at the bag that they put every time. I was like, wow, that's a lot of chemicals. Four bags. I had four bags. These are the strong bags that 
um, they have to infuse so it can kill my cancer because I got the most aggressive type, the HER2 positive. So they said they have to attack it also aggressively. And so when I was looking there, it's like, wow, that's a lot of chemicals that it's not just the cancer that will be killed. I know that I can also uh, start dying slowly because that's how it, it, it will do. And, you know, as I get the infusion every time, I would see my nails starting to die. And then, of course, on my second infusion, I started observing my hair. As uh, many of you have seen, I started shaving my hair first ahead of time because I didn't want to uh, lose my hair when it's long. I said, like, I'll start to shave it now so that when they fall, it's not so noticeable anymore because I'm already almost bald anyway. And um, when I was there, I was like, Lord, whatever is the reason and your purpose, I'm willing to accept. And in this picture, so many of you have seen some of my children's stories. I'm using the puppet, trying to be a ventriloquist even if I'm not. And my, uh, they are, uh, she's actually my great niece, and that's my niece in there. They will call me and they will say, tell us the story. And so what, that's what I started doing. I started telling story even through Zoom to my, to my great nieces and to my nieces. And then one of my nieces um, who also, oh, in this picture, this is another thing I said like, well, there's a music therapist. Maybe what I can do is to sing. And we started doing that. So during therapy session, where I'm sitting, that's the noisiest part in the infusion center because I would be singing and playing ukulele with the music therapist. But as I've said, I didn't want to look into my uh, disease or to my cancer. I just want to focus on God and how I can serve Him. And in here, I think this was, was already after the third session that my hair is already gone. And, but you can still see a little bit of hair in there. But I said, it's okay. I know that I look awful when I see in the mirror, but then when I really think, I said, what I see is a child of God. What I see is a child of God who's been attacked by the enemy. I know that it's hard for a woman to lose a hair, especially for me. I always believe that long hair is good for a woman. And I said, it's okay. Because I know that in his sight, I am beautiful. In his sight, I am special because he created me. And then one day, because I said, Lord, I don't know the purpose why I am in this situation, but I know that you have a plan. One day, my, my niece in Philippines, uh, this one was uh, when I was going to the echocardiogram. I tried to take pictures. I have a lot of pictures during this past year because I know that God will give me the opportunity to tell my story. So I've been taking pictures so that uh, when I do my testimony, I can, I can show to them what God has done in my life. In here, my, hu um, my husband and I were waiting for my echocardiogram. And I was so thankful that he, he had given me a wonderful husband. He's really from God. <laughs> and here is my niece. She told me, Auntie Melba, can you give me a Bible story? She grew up Adventist. She went to our church school. She even went to our university. But you know what, what she told me? I don't know how to answer when people ask me. And when she told me that, I said, Lord, 
if this is the reason why I have cancer, I am so thankful because this niece is one of the headache of my sister. And actually, she even, um, we tried to help her to school and she didn't appreciate what we've done. But when she told me, then I said, Lord, if this is the reason, I am willing to go through this. And because of that, she kind of changed. And so every morning, I would wake up whenever she she's not at work, and we would do Bible study through Zoom. And I can show you the pictures in the morning, because when I'm in the morning, you know, how would I would look? And in here, she 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 would always ask me, it's okay. She calls me mommy. It's okay, mommy. You'll be okay because God will heal you. And I've seen the change in her life. Before, she didn't really understand how God can work in life. And she would think, oh, you're just there in America. You can earn money. But now she knows that it's not easy. And God gives you what he thinks is best for you. It's not because you're looking for it. And so I said, I'm okay, Lord. I am happy because now I know that she is more focused on you instead of material things. And last January, um, I had to go through my bilateral mastectomy because I finished my um, my hard chemotherapy. And of course, I always believe in prayer. Um, the day, or actually, a few days before, I asked Pastor Joey, "Can you come and please for me, so that um, I can have the assurance?" even though I go through the, the surgery, that I will be okay. So he came. He was there actually before we arrived, and he prayed for me. And when you look at me right now, you will see I'm not a complete woman. I don't have breasts. I got bilateral mastectomy. I have this hair. But you know what? As I've said, when I look in the mirror, I see a child of God. And all I wanted is to serve him. I don't want any money. I don't want a big house. I don't want that. What I want is more souls to come to know Christ. I didn't want to be someone that will just long for Jesus to come and not doing anything, just sitting on the pews. Just waiting for the preacher to, to, to tell you about God. I don't want to be the person that just will just warm a seat. What I want is to go and spread the gospel. Because I know that he is coming soon. God died for each one of us. He didn't just die, die for me. He didn't just die for you. He died for the whole world. And we have a job. He has called us, and he wants us to go out there and spread the gospel. I know that many of you are still waiting for the right moment because you think, no, I'm not ready yet. I don't have theology. I am not good in theology. I'm not good in Bible. But I'm telling you, when is your time going to come? When are you going to get up? When are you going to share about God's love? Maybe you didn't go through what I've gone through. But you know what? Each of us has always been a blessing. You've received blessing from God. And you have 
a job to tell to others what God has done for you. Don't say, I am not ready. Because you will never be ready. Unless you get up and ask God to use you. This is the moment. This is the time for you to get up and tell to others about God's love. While I was actually in the deacon's room, I was praying. I saw the little brochure, the, the signs. And in there actually, sorry, I left my, my Bible in the pews. But uh, in there actually is a little uh, signs uh, pamphlet. And it says there, uh, does God, can I have that box? Yeah. I was like, even just to give this, you know, you can go into the street and just give this. It says, does God care that I am hurting? Just give this to someone. You don't need to be a theologian. You don't need to know the Bible and memorize it. The only thing you can do is just hand it to someone. And that is already sharing about God. Those are little things that we can do. And he doesn't require us to be, um, like, have a bachelor's degree before you can go and tell about his love. Only this, you can give it to someone. So this morning, I'm encouraging you, please, please, don't just be comfortable sitting on your seat right now. Come to Sabbath and get a sermon from someone. Don't wait for your time because there it will not come. What you have to do is to go now and then God will empower you. Because I always know that when God calls, he empowers. And in here, you'll see as I've said, this is the time I really lost all my hair. And I was like, wow, whenever there's like a light on above my head, my head is really shining. And my, my family in Philippines would always tease me. It's like, oh, yeah, we can see ourselves in there. Use your head as a mirror. But, you know, things like that. I, as I've said, I didn't look on me and see the bad things that had happened to me. But I always say, it's okay. And this is a picture I have just... Um, um, I think a few weeks ago because this is the month for breast cancer awareness uh, a month. So I got those signs and put it there. But I was thinking, what about my neighbors? I know that I have uh, shared to some of my neighbors about what happened to me. And when I put that sign, I want them to really see not just because of the sign, but what have done to me, that they can see me around walking, and I am okay because I know that they've seen me before. I would ride my bike, and uh, Bob and I would walk. And then just this past year, they saw me like like so feeble in there with with um, uh, with a beanie, and I would try to walk. And I know some of our neighbors already have learned about my cancer. But as I'm looking in this journey, I said. I know, Lord, that you have a plan. I know that what you want me to do is to share the gospel to others. Well, October 28th, they are going to remove my port. And as I've said, I'm done with all my treatments. I still have some lingering. Yes, praise God, because without him, I know that it could have been worse. I know that I could have had more side effects. 
Even now, I know I still have neuropathy. That's like tingling for your fingers and toes. You know, they are numb. And, you know, I've, I've always fly, I like to play the ukulele. Uh, there are times that my fingers will not bend. Or sometimes I can't, I can't open it. So it's even still like snapping right now. So it's kind of hard for me. But I said, I can overcome this because I have my God who can help me. He is bigger than my cancer. He is bigger than anything that the enemy will throw on my way. You know what? I've always liked the story of uh, Daniel and his friends, always standing for the truth. And I said, Lord, now that I've been through cancer, now that I've been through the valley of the shadow of death, I know that I can have more. I know that you will always be there for me. And you will strengthen me because you are my big God. So this morning, I want to tell you, as I've said, my God is big. Your God is big. He can do whatever in your life, no matter what comes in your way. It might not be cancer. And as I've always say, sin is cancer. So we all have cancer. And when we succumb into sin, it's hard unless... You let Jesus rule in your life. Ask him to take that cancer away, no matter what kind is that, because he is bigger than the cancer sin. And what, last one thing. I thank our church, really, because I know their sister Betty, she is our prayer warder, your leader. I know that you've been praying, uh, women here in the church, in this jar, are the bracelets have worn during these past years. I, I don't have room anymore. But you know what? Whenever I look at this, I know that the prayers that's been um, given for me or been uttered for me is more than this. I know that the prayers that they prayed for me is even overflowing more than these bracelets I've worn for this past year. And I know that someday I will be able to say that these bracelets is just representing the prayers of those people who have prayed for me. I know our church have prayed for us so much. And I thank you. I thank, I thank um, um, Mary Ruth. She cooked food for me. I know Do um, um, Claudia. There's Sister Betty, Elena. When I couldn't cook, I couldn't stand up because my legs were all swollen. The church had provided us meal. And it was like, until it got become so much, I was like, wow, we can't eat those food. <laughs> we can't eat all of those food. There are so many church members here that sometimes they might just be quiet, but they're doing a lot of things in our church. They're doing a lot of um ministry in our church so don't hesitate to ask church when you need help for us we didn't ask help but they offered help and we gladly accepted because we know we needed help and so um i just want to uh, tell you again thank you so much for our church family thank you for always being there for those people who needed help um there are other people that um, have given uh, so much for us. 
during uh, this past year. They've sent us boxes, even uh, Judy from the conference, the director of children's ministry, they've sent us stuff because they know. And actually, in her team, the children's ministry and its family and children's uh, ministry, she has a team, so I help them. There are several of us who's been attacked with cancers. And one of the, the members also, he, he does music with kids and also the wife. She also got breast cancer. And I, I could really see like, wow, really the enemy is busy because he knows that his time is short. And when uh, I did the last, um, when was that? I think the last time I went to, to Florida conference was, um, when was it? But anyways, I said, I'm not going to stop my cancer, stop me from serving my God. So as you've known, I'm always gone because I would always be going to children's ministry functions that the conference is doing. And even during our VBS, many of you know, I just finished my chemotherapy, but I said, Lord, I'm giving you my life. I have VBS, give me strength. And I got through it. It's all because of God. It's all because of God. So please, please, always ask your church family to pray for you, even if it's not just cancer or just uh, like a death. Ask them to pray for you because the enemy is always there trying to find whom he may devour. And he is really focused on us who's in the church. If you're out of the church, he doesn't need to bother you anymore. He knows you don't need uh, tempting anymore. But when you are trying to come close to Christ, that's when he is really trying his best to take you away from your faith. So be strong. Be strong in your faith. Jesus is coming very soon. We can see the signs. It might not be this year. It might not be after 10 years. But he is coming very soon, sooner than yesterday.